It's Friday night and it's time for the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. On the show tonight, we've got our usual guest, Jamie Snowden. Colin Brown, Dave Wilson. And we look back at Denman, one of our special equine superstars. Add to that news and fixtures and hopefully we've got everything you need for a good weekend's racing. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the racing show. I hope you've had a good week and I hope you're looking forward to a good weekend's racing as well. So, as we normally do, we'll start off with all the racing news with our friend Mike Patton. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News with all the news that is the news across the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Here's our first story this week. Racing at Cheltenham on Friday and Saturday remains in the balance after temperatures dipped to minus 6 degrees centigrade on Wednesday night. But clerk of the course, John Pullin, gave hope for the meeting by saying the track would be fit for action if a fixture was due to take place on Thursday. Course officials had already called an inspection at 7.30am on Friday and the track was covered on Wednesday. However, temperatures are due to hover around 2 degrees centigrade on Thursday before possible lows of minus 4 overnight, and the cross-country chase due to open Friday's card, which had been set to feature the return of Delta Work, has been called off. That circuit was not covered on Wednesday given its size, and Pullin made the call shortly after 1pm on Thursday with the ground frozen and no chance of significant change. Daytime temperatures on Friday could again reach 2 degrees C, but sub-zero chills are also predicted into Saturday and there is a risk of wintry showers, although they are described as minimal. Four races at Cheltenham on Friday are due to be screened on ITV4, including a £70,000 handicap chase. Pullin said on Thursday morning, temperatures were minus 3 to minus 4 degrees centigrade for the majority of the night, but dipped down at dawn to minus 6 for a short period. They are forecast today to get up to 2 degrees C, and then we should get another frost of 3 to 4 degrees under tonight, with just 2 degrees centigrade tomorrow daytime again. It's similar going into Saturday, but the covers are down, and to check in this morning, anywhere that has been covered is still frost-free, so we'd be raceable today. The covers did their job. We didn't cover the cross-country track, so we need to look at that, but for the races on the new course, we'll make a decision tomorrow morning at inspection time. We'll just have to see. Saturday's bill includes the AIS December Gold Cup and Unibet International Hurdle, which is a race Cheltenham and the BHA could look at saving and restaging elsewhere should the weather bite, although Pullin added it was too early to consider the prospect of that. Trainer Kim Bailey, who is based nearby at Andover's Fudd, reported a low of minus 7 on his blog when he drove to his yard on Thursday morning while the going at Cheltenham was described as good, with Pullin and his team finishing their watering duties on Tuesday. ITV4 is also due to broadcast a race from Bangor on Friday, but an 8am inspection is scheduled there, while the network has content from Cheltenham and Doncaster as part of its Saturday coverage. The channel has said if racing does not go ahead at Cheltenham or Bangor on Friday, the most likely scenario is alternative programme will be shown on ITV4. If one of the meetings survives, the coverage will come from there. The broadcaster is understood to be working with the BHA, HRI and racecourses regarding Saturday. If Cheltenham or Doncaster are lost to the weather, it will endeavour to show racing from one of the day's other meetings. Andrew Tullock, Bangers, Clerk of the Course, said on Thursday lunchtime, 
It was cold, that's minus three last night, but we're fortunate the grass cover is very good and we're running on fresh lines because we've moved the hurdle rail in and the chase rail has gone out. It was raceable at 10am this morning and we're in for another cold night tonight, so we'll have to see what happens. If we're about the same as last night, I'd be hopeful, he says, but the temperatures could get colder depending on what forecast you are looking at and it also depends on when it starts to get above freezing in the morning. We've put the covers on the takeoff and landing areas and some other parts of the course and they're doing their job, but the grass cover is good, which is helping. There are sunny periods tomorrow, but with clouds. We need the clouds overnight and for them to go at daybreak and let the sun out. As I said, I'm hopeful. So with the headline, Energamine return in doubt as Cork call inspection. Here's our next story. Cork will inspect at midday on Saturday for its seven race card on Sunday, which is due to feature the return of champion chase hero Energamine in the Grade 2 Bar 1 race Hillyway chase at 2.20, although the track was described as perfectly raceable on Thursday. Clark of the course, Val O'Connell, said, The forecast is for a little bit of frost overnight for the next couple of nights and the temperatures to rise to 3 or 4 degrees during the day. Next, here on the Racing News. Cave Tara, the dual Gold Cup and classic hero for Godolphin and 11-time British champion National Hunt Sire, has died at the age of 28. The son of Sadler's Wells, who passed away peacefully in his field at Overbury Stud, had been continuing to make his mark as recently as Saturday, when his son Edward Stone landed his third Grade 1 victory in the Tingle Creek Chase at Sandown. Cave Tara's tremendous record at Stud features jump racing celebrities such as King George VI Chase and Stayers Hurdle hero Thistle Crack, Champion Chase winner Special Tiara, Irish Gold Cup winner Ed Wolf, Top Class Hurdler Time Hill and Hennessy Gold Cup winner Carruthers. His first winner came when Ruby Wine struck in the listed Ballymacoll stud stakes on the flat in 2005. Cave Tara was bred by Mion Valley Stud and purchased by Darley from the Tattersall's Houghton Sale for 210,000 guineas in 1995. He won on his second start at three for Sir Michael Stout and Sheikh Ahmed Al-Maktoum, after which he was transferred to Godolphin and the yard of Saeed bin Sarul. His first top-level triumph came in the 1998 Gold Cup at Royal Ascot, in which he defeated Double Trigger by a neck in a memorable battle, while he also landed that season's St Irish St Ledger from the previous year's St Ledger winner and Derby runner-up Silver Patriarch by two lengths. Cave Tara, a son of Irish Oaks heroine Colour Spin, a daughter of Meon Valley's wonderful matriarch Repro Colour, won four of his five starts the following year, including the Irish St Ledger again, this time by eight lengths from Ivana's pace, and the Goodwood Cup by four lengths. His last year in training in 2000 saw him win the Gold Cup for a second time once again in gripping fashion by a head from Far Cry and the Yorkshire Cup. He arrived at the perfect time for Simon Sweeting, who was leasing Overbury from the Holland Martin family and was introduced at a fee of £3,000 for the 2001 breeding season. Cave Tara had impeccable credentials as a full brother to the top-class Opera House, winner of the Coronation Cup, Eclipse, and King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Stakes in 1993 for Stout in the maroon silks of Sheikh Mohammed. The pair were also half-siblings to Zizi Top, herself a top-level winner in the Prix de l'Opera, and Dam of Dual Group winner Izzy Top, as well as Spinning the Yarn, the Dam of Moyglare Stud Stakes winner Necklace, and Hardwick Stakes third Highland Dress. Cave Tara would go on to attain legendary status as a sire and Sweeting said on Thursday that this is a very sad day for all of us at Overbury. Cave Tara really put us on the map and I feel incredibly fortunate to have been with him throughout every step of what transpired to be an extraordinary career as a jump stallion in which he won more championships than any other British national hunt sire in history. 
I remain immensely grateful to Sheikh Mohammed and the Dali team for entrusting him to us. He's been such a great servant to the National Hunt game and to Overbury Stud, where he was looked after for most of his time by Dan Matty. We will miss him terribly. Sam Bullard, Dali's director of Stallions, added, We are all very grateful to Simon Sweeting and his team at Overbury for taking such great care of Cave Tara for all these years, and we are very proud of the enormous contribution he has made to national hunt racing and breeding in Britain and beyond during that time. Cave Tara was pensioned from stallion duties in 2020 due to declining fertility and spent his final two years in retirement at Overbury. His last public appearance came when parading at the Gloucestershire Stud in September when Overbury's new recruit, Golden Horn, was introduced to breeders. And next, here on the Racing News. The Big Dog will bid to provide connections with another major payday in the Coral Welsh Grand National later this month, with trainer Peter Fahey optimistic of another huge performance from his informed chaser. It may turn out to be a shrewd piece of placing from the Cheltenham Festival winning trainer to target the Chepstow Marathon on December 27th, given his Munster National and Troytown Chase scorer will carry just a £4 penalty for his recent big race success at Navon. The nine-year-old would have to contend with a £10 hike in the weights if lining up in the island on his next start. Fahey made no secret of how sweet he was on the chances of the big dog heading to last season's Welsh Grand National, but the Punchestown Grand National trial winner was pulled up before the tenth of 23 fences after a race-ending mistake. Now returning to Wales's biggest race in even better form this season, compensation could be coming for the Damien and Colin Kelly-owned chaser, who is priced between 10 to 1 and 16 to 1 for the £150,000 prize. Fahey said, We had no luck in the race last year when he made a mistake and the reins went over his head, but hopefully he can run a huge race this time. At the moment, that's where we're aiming him. He's only got a £4 penalty for the Troy Town if we go there, and I think the track will suit him. If we were looking to run him in Ireland for his next start, he'd be racing off a much higher mark, so it looks a good opportunity if we get a bit of luck in the running. Raz de Marie's 2017's Chepstow success for Gavin Cromwell is the only Irish-trained victory in the race since Notre Pierre struck for Jim Reaper in 2008. And Venetia Williams' impressive London national scorer Quickwave tops the market at 6-1 to one to keep the valuable pot on British soil this Christmas. Fahey ultimately has one eye on the Randolph's Grand National on April the 15th for the Big Dog, a general 25-1 to 1 chance for Aintree Glory. Fahey said of the 158-rated performer, Last season just didn't work out for us, but this time around he's had two runs and won two big handicap chases. I think it was the best performance he's ever produced last time. Going to the line, you'd say he actually won snug enough. He's in great form and has been since he came back this season. Hopefully we can continue on that thread and if he could end up being a horse for the Grand National, it'll be great. On possible conditions at Chepstow, Fahey added, It's hard to know what sort of ground you'll get, but over an extended trip like this, I don't think it'll be a problem. Provided it's safe, which it should be at this time of year, I'm not too worried about that. And to finish off, here's the prices for the Coral Welsh Grand National at Chepstow on December the 27th from Coral. Sixes for Quick Wave, eights Ask Me Early, tens Jerry Court Rock, I Will Do It, Pat's Fancy and the Galloping Bear, twelves for Royal Pagale, the Big Dog, fourteens for Ashtown Lad, Our Power, Punitive, Secret Reprieve and the Big Breakaway, it's 16 bar. This has been the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Join us again next week for more news from the Racing News. I'm Mike Padden. Thanks for listening. Well, that was Mike Padden with all the Racing News, and now let's find out where we can go racing this weekend. Well, there are seven races over the jumps at Doncaster with an 11.45 start. Seven races over the jumps at Navan in Ireland. 
a 12 o'clock start. Seven races at Cheltenham over the jumps with a 12.05 start. Seven races over the jumps at Hereford, 12.12 start. Uh, eight races on the flat at Newcastle over the All-Weller with a 1.09 start. And again, uh, seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton on the All-Weller with a 3.50 start. And uh, there's some racing in the United Arab Emirates, but a bit of a long way to go away. And then Sunday, we've got seven races over the jumps at Carlisle with a 12.08 start. Seven races over the jumps at uh, Cork in Ireland with a 12.15 start. Seven races over the jumps at Southern with a 12.23 start. Seven races over the jumps at Punchestown with a 12.30 start. Six races on the flat uh, at Newcastle on the all-weather with a 12.33 start. And there's also racing in America and Hong Kong. This programme, of course, is recorded, and uh, on Friday it's very frosty. So I would suggest, if you're thinking of going racing, double-check to make sure that it's still on. Well, now we're going to switch to our Equine Superstars series, and this week we're looking at Denman. Equine Superstars The Racing Show pays homage to some of the superstars of the turf. And this week we're paying homage to Denman. Denman was born on the 17th of April 2000 by presenting out of a mare Dolly Puttons. The chestnut gelding was bred by Colman O'Flynn in Ireland and initially purchased by Paul Nichols of Ditchit. He was subsequently sold to Paul Barber and Harry Finlay. Denman won over £1,140,000 of prize money. Amongst the classic races he won was the Royal and Sun Alliance Chase, the Hennessy Gold Cup twice in 2007 and 2009, and who could forget the Cheltenham Gold Cup battle in 2008 with Koto Star. Sadly, Denman passed away in 2018. But he'll always be remembered for that epic battle in the Cheltenham Gold Cup. Now let's relive that epic battle back at Cheltenham in 2008. They're off. And a big cheer from the crowd sends them on their way. 22 fences to be crossed. And the grey Neptune Colange, a stable companion of Denman and Quarto Star, is sent on into the lead by Mick Fitzgerald. Denman sitting second at the first and jumped it well. Quarto Star is disputing third with Halcon Genelade. Then a fistful of dollars in the pink jacket. Further back, exotic dancer from Iron Man. And then contraband as they jump the second fence. Uh, out uh, towards the rear, nowhere in a green jacket. Fustrion de Payon, also Celestial Golden. As a Lazio is the back marker. They're in front of the stands and running uphill towards the far side. And it is Neptune Collange that makes the running here. It looks at fairly sensible pace. Denman in second place under Sam Thomas, who's seeking his first win at the Cheltenham Festival. Quarto Star and Ruby Walsh towards the inside, still sharing third position with Halcon Genelade. Then a fistful of dollars as now they jump fence number three. The leaders safely over. Exotic Dancer up the inside of Iron Man, then Nowhere, Fustrion de Payon, Contraband, Celestial Gold, and Azalejo. This is the water jump for the first time. Neptune Colange over in front of Denman. The white-faced Quarto star on the right. On the outside is Halcon Genelade. Pink colours, a fistful of dollars. Quarto star very well backed. 11 to 10 on favourite as they clear this open ditch. And they all jumped it with aplomb and with great accuracy. Nowhere is further back in the green with the white stars behind a fistful of dollars. Iron Man to the outside as they jump the next. Towards the rear still 
celestial gold behind exotic dancer in the pink cap tony mccoy on the inside always rides him off the pace exotic dancer but uh, he's a very solid stayer as they go towards another open ditch neptune collage from tim they're about six lengths clear of Corto Star and Haokon Genelade. A fistful of dollars is fifth. Then Exotic Dancer on the inside of Iron Man. Then Nowhere. A gap back to Fustion de Payon and Celestial Gold as they cleared the next plane fence and out the back the big outsiders as Alejo and Contraband. So no dramas so far as they reach the highest point on the race course but they've still got well over a circuit left to cover in this Gold Cup and it's Neptune Colon from Denman, almost joined by Denman there, Neptune Collange, Porto Star in third place, not letting Denman too far ahead, Halcon Genelade to the outside, and a fistful of dollars, Iron Man wide of Exotic Dancer, followed by Nowhere, Fustrion de Payon and Contraband and Azalejo, and uh, they joke, jump the next and it was still Neptune Collange that led the way. They're about to return towards their starting point here then, and now on towards fences 11 and 12, and in a circuit's time, this is the point where the race will really be on, and it's Neptune Collange who leads the way by about a length and a half to the big horse, Denman in second place, the horse they call the Tank. In third on the outside, Halcon Genelade of last year's winner, Corto Star, the leading chaser in the country. Great jump by Denman there. That was a super jump, and he joined Neptune Collange, and Quarto Star wasn't quite so fluent. On towards the next. This will be the last next time round, and Denman is in front. Denman leads the way to Neptune Collange now. Sam Thomas has allowed Denman to stride on, and he's going to try and stretch them out now and test everyone else's stamina as they race towards the far side. Denman by a couple of lengths to Neptune Collange. Quarto Star in third place. Halcon Genelade in fourth. And John Frankham is watching this like, like us all with eager eyes. What do you think, John? Well, Simon, I couldn't have told you what was going to win but before they started. I know the, none the wiser now. All I can tell you is on the overall balance, the horse in front at the moment, Denman has jumped, uh, has jumped the better of the two. Yes, Denman at the moment, it's looking quite effortless for him. Neptune Collange, Porto Stars just brushed through one or two of the fences as Alejo has been pulled up as they clear the water jump, a fistful of dollars in fourth. Halcon Genelade is coming under some pressure. Exotic Dancer, let's not forget him. He's still well within hailing distance as Denman puts in another great leap over the next, that open ditch from Neptune Collange. Porto Star jumped it well as well, however, as they head on towards this next plane fence. Denman again met it really well from Neptune Collange. Quarto Star is about six lengths behind Denman now, but he's got plenty of acceleration. Exotic Dancer moving into fourth place. This is the final open ditch they're coming to. It's six out, and Denman's over in front from Neptune Collange. Quarto Star is in third place. Then Exotic Dancer, a fistful of dollars. Nowhere's under the whip. So too Halcon Genelade, as now they head towards another plane fence. Denman comes in to take it. Absolutely spot on again. Corto uh, Star landing in third place there. Still about six or seven lengths. So Ruby is asking Corto Star. He's, he's asking him to try and close now. Can he do so? Neptune Collange remains in second. Exotic Dancer closing a little bit. Here's four out. Denman over in front. There's a tricky fence he's got over. Neptune Collange in second place. Corto Star looks in trouble and the whip is raised for the first time on last year's winner Corto Star. Exotic Dancer trying to run on in fourth place but Denman is now pulling clear as they go towards the third last shortens up to it and he's safely over Denman he's now seven or eight lengths clear a mistake from exotic dancer Cordo stars in trouble Neptune Collange is only just hanging on to second place but Denman is pulling further and further clear as they turn for home and this undefeated chaser Denman looks like adding one more victory now with two more fences to be jumped in the gold cup Neptune Collange is fighting it out with Cordo Star, who just can't get to the leader. Here's the second last, Denman. He's over again. He hasn't touched a twig. Cordo Star has got eight or ten lengths to make up as they race towards the final fence. Denman and Sam Thomas comes towards it from Cordo Star, who is closing slightly. Denman's over in front. Cordo Star's about seven lengths down in second place. Denman's getting a little weary on the running. Cordo Star trying hard to close, but Denman's been out in front for a long time. He's still six or seven lengths clear, and he's too good for them. Denman is 
in fourth, Halcon Genelade, then exotic dancer from nowhere. Now let's hear the thoughts of part owner Harry Finlay. And and what you know, what memories have you got of, of the actual race now? Of the actual Looking race back. itself. Yeah, the Gold Cup. Just being proud of Paul Barber, how strong he was about the tactics. There was a non-runner on the day, and that was part of our plans. And I just remember seeing Paul quite early at Cheltenham and looking at him, and he said, "I said, you know," and he said, "Don't worry, everything's taken care of." And in, high, in hindsight, in hindsight, I think that we didn't need to go that fast. And I genuinely, I genuinely think anyone who knows about race, National One Racing. If you the, the, the gold cup that Denman won, if you stop the race when they come down the hill, turning for home in the final time, I think if you'd have said bet the distance, I'd have bet Denman to win by over 40 lengths. Would you? Yeah. Yes, and I think he broke his heart during that race. And uh, I thought it at the time, no, I'm not saying he broke his heart at the time, but when he crossed the line, he was wobbling. Was he? And so he was wobbling, yeah, he yeah. was wobbling, and Sam, and I honestly believe that. Um, I honestly believe that um, no one will never... I mean, he won a Hennessy after that. Mm. I mean, and if you compare any any horses, you know, I just... I, I, I think that, um, he, he, you know, and it's not just me. I mean, Lester Piggott is still the greatest now. He's, he's, he's still right. He still turns up at Kenilworth. He turns up at Gold Cups. Even Mick Channon, I see, he's on his thing. He's got him and his wife and Lester Piggott. Mm. Greatest ever. And, and he thinks yeah. that he thinks that Denman... He thinks that Denman would 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 have destroyed any other national one horse we've ever seen if that if that hadn't have happened. Really? And uh, and who knows? But just being a part of him as he was was fantastic. But yeah. um, after... so would you go so far as to say that, in your opinion, and then obviously horse racing is all about opinions, he was the best ever, you know, Gold Cup horse. Yeah, I, I, I have I, the Gold Cup. I think was absolutely perfect for Denman. Gold Cup's not three. Gold, Gold Cup's three miles too. It's not. It's three. You have to stay three and a half miles to win a Gold Cup. Yeah. There's no. I mean, the Arkle's two miles. I think that's two mile three. Um, and if they were both at their best, Corto Star couldn't get anywhere near Denman over three and a quarter miles at Cheltenham. By the same token, we couldn't get anywhere near Corto. Maybe even the Leicester Piggott Denman might not have beaten Corto Star flat out around three miles around Kempton. Yeah. But that's that, that's that's not the point. If you're asking about Cheltenham Gold Cup, I think that I think he beat Chel I think he beat Corto Star that day with, with literally like you know not not being who he was, and I think the the Sun Alliance the year before against Aces Four was just breathtaking pace and, and and everything. And you look at when he rode when when Ruby rode Denman in the Lexus, and I was screaming because he rode Denman in the Lexus and he held him up and held him up to see how much speed he really had. Mm. And it, Denman jumped the last in the Lexus, like three quarters of a length in front of like four or five horses. When really, if Ruby had put pace in the race, he'd have been four in front two out. And I've got little Danita. I mean, I've got my brains on Denman at four and I know where it was, but Denman still won. And he, still, and still, still, Ruby went with Corto, and I thought he would, and that's why I just thought the ride was a little bit. But he was, to be fair, he was finding out just how much speed and how good Denman really was. But you, you said. A minute ago, you know, broke his heart. Did you mean by that that that, that particular race, because he'd been held back so much, that the horse itself kind of lost heart? No, no, no. I mean, when, no, we broke his heart when he, when he was going to when, he, when we went so fast in that Gold Cup when Neptune Colonge led, and we took it up and we really served it up to Corto Star because we knew we'd stay the three and a quarter miles. We knew that Corto didn't stay three and a quarter miles. He won Gold Cups, but he, on class, and he's not. A, yeah. You know, the, so the more pace we put into the race. The less chance Corto Star had, and looking back on it, I just think that you know if we had our time again, we, we, we'd have won anyway, and wouldn't have had to go quite so fast. But at the time, I was more than proud and happy to be a, a part of part of it. Well, that was Harry Finley uh, reminiscing about his involvement with Denman. What a horse that was! Well, now it's time to catch up with our trainers and jockeys, and we'll start with Mr. Jamie Snowden. Well, good afternoon, Jamie. Thanks for joining us on the show. It's kind of ironic, Hi. really, isn't it? We've, we've been through all this wet weather and, and, you know, or lack of wet weather, I should say, and now when it's sort of beginning to get right, now we're going to have to put up with frost. Yeah, it's pretty cold, isn't it? Mm. Um, let's, let's hope there's a bit of racing 
um, in the next in the next weekend because um, it's pretty cold. Well, I've I've just been up to Yeovil Football Club and they've got the covers on up there already for the weekend's game. So uh, I guess the you know the forecast is not good, but it's um, yeah. And I see they were putting the covers or they were talking about it at Cheltenham as well, aren't they? I think. Yeah, they put, yeah put them on a couple of days ago. So um, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hope. It's yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of those things, really. But um, you've got a, a relatively speaking quiet weekend, haven't you? Just got the three runners on Sunday, if they're all going. That is, we got we got three three tomorrow. Um, nothing on Saturday. Yeah. Mm. Um, and what about your Sunday ones? Those are the ones I'm interested in because obviously the the Friday ones will be past when we broadcast. Yeah. Well. Okay. So so we'll we'll, we'll miss Friday's ones, really. Yeah, we've still got e Ebonello. Yeah, she's in Alpha Carlisle on Sunday. Um, whether whether she does go ahead for that or not, I think that'll be off. To be honest with you, um, mm. but we, we will have a we'll have a look at that. And then um, Jamworth. Jamworth runs tomorrow at Banger. Yeah, and uh, what what chances do you think? Um, she's having a first start. She's a she's a nice mare. She's a brother. She's a sorry a sister to Bucko's boy. Who won a bumper for us and then and then obviously heard on a couple of handicaps. So she's a nicely bred individual and, and she's certainly capable of, of running well. It's her first start, so um, a, a nice a nice run is what we're after, really. Something yeah. to build on. And Soldier of Destiny. He goes tomorrow to Bangor as well. Right. Um, he's back over hurdles. He he took a, a fall the last time over fences. Um, so we're putting him back over hurdles for a bit of a confidence booster. Uh -huh, I see. And, and, you know, what's the strategy when you do get a, a, a first time out and you put him in a bumper? I mean, obviously he hasn't got to jump anything, but, I mean, is, is it just that? Is it, is, you know, is it, is it more getting the, the feel of going racing and, the, and the, you know, the atmosphere around the racetrack for them? Yeah, it's all of that, to be honest with you, AD. Obviously, it's a, a, a day away from home. They're called they're, they're, these national hunt flat races. They're nicknamed bumpers, and yeah. they're nicknamed bumpers because horses, young horses, are green and they run about and they kind of bump off each other. Oh, um, I see. Right. But that's the that's the general nickname for them. Mm. They're just for inexperienced horses to, or very green young horses to 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 begin to learn how to race. Really. Yeah, and and what about the rest of the week? Have you got a busy week ahead of you now coming up? Well, um, we've got lots of entries, but a lot of it depends on on, on the weather, as as we've just mentioned. Yeah, um, quite. So, I, mean, I, I I I suspect tomorrow might be in, in, in the balance at Banger. We've got obviously Legends Rise. She goes to Cheltenham, but um, that'll be in the balance as well. Um, so, yeah, we've got a lot a lot entered everywhere, but a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all dependent really. And who knows what goes where really? Yeah. And I mean, Carlisle in particular, that's a fair old drive for you, isn't it? It is a fair old drive, but um, she's a nice mare, Abanello. She's she's won a bumper and an obvious hurdle so far this season. Obviously, she'll she'll be running here with a penalty, um, but she does have a mare's allowance against the boys here. So um, she would definitely have a chance here. Ah, right. OK. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> um, but, it's probably, but it's probably going to be off. Yeah, well, that's that's the worry, isn't it, really? But um, what what does Christmas hold for you from a point of view of the racing? I mean, have you got have you got much entered over Boxing Day? Um, so entries haven't gone in yet, but yes, we will have quite a few entered. Um, it's always a busy busy time and lots of meetings around the place, so yeah. it's um, it's always a busy time. Anything at Kempton? Um, nothing lined up for Kempton this year. Um, no, we were third, obviously, in the Grade One there last year, but no, nothing mm. lined up there this year. Right. Okay, Jamie. Well, I, I trust you have a good weekend anyway. And uh, if you're driving all the way to Carlisle, best of luck, pal. <laughs> That's very kind. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks, Jamie. Thanks for joining us on the show anyway. Cheers. Take care. All Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was Jamie Snowden keeping his fingers crossed for the weather to break and uh, obviously have some more winners. So um, we wish him all the best with that. And now we're going to catch up with Richard Phillip. Well, good afternoon, Richard. Uh, frosty today isn't it uh, i hope it's not going to muck up the racing over the weekend the weather certainly has changed adrian yes it's looking uh, pretty frosty for the weekend and hopefully cheltenham will survive because there's some great racing but uh, it's uh varying in the forecast at the moment but hopefully it'll survive yeah quite well all we can do i guess is to go on the assumption that it will survive and hope that we're right absolutely yeah so the big race of the weekend is the ais um Gold Cup, 
action is a sort of follow-on from the Paddy Power. And uh, Il Ridotto is the favourite, finished fourth in the Paddy Power. Um, that's from the Nichols camp. And I think he's got a great chance, actually. He ran really well um, at Cheltenham last time. Also, Warlord from the Tizard camp came third um, at the Holden Cup last time. He'd have a chance because he certainly ran a cracker at Aintree on his last run of last season when... Uh, second at the big entry meeting so mm-hmm. um i would have said that um warlord near il Ridotto for me okay that's fair enough so what what other races have we got a chart i mean is that... well we've got uh, some interesting stuff um certainly there's a juvenile um sort of triumph hurdle trial as it were but i think the international hurdle is always a great race and epitont is favorite along with i like to move it and nappers hill It'll be a fascinating race Epitont, of course, second to Constitution Hill last time. I like to move it, having uh, won the Greatwood, and Nappers Hill looking like an improving horse. And uh, it's going to be a very interesting race, a sort of two miles sort of champion hurdle trial in a way. But um, I like to move it, and Nappers Hill certainly looked to be on the up. Uh, but Epitont is a great mare, and uh, she'll be hard to beat. What about Nicky Henderson's other one, First Street? Has that got a chance? I mean, he's... I'm unusual for Nicky to put First Street in there. He's an improving horse, and they've always thought a lot of him, I know, because um, um, he's often back quite heavily when he runs, and he, he got back at Newbury when he last ran. He's put up some great performances. He'd have to improve to win this. There was possibly of him heading to Ascot the week after, but it looks as though he's going for this race. So um, I think First Street would have to improve a fair bit. Uh, to, to beat Epiton, but um, he deserves his chance, certainly. Noticeable, though, that Nico Devolver was on him. Yeah, well, um, Epiton's always ridden by um, Aidan Coleman, being a JP at Manor's horse. So, yeah. uh, but uh, Nico is, you know, first jockey to Henderson, but normally when it comes to um, to um, JP at Manor's, he, he normally has Aidan Coleman on. And, um, of course, he was on John Bond uh, last weekend, so John Bomber's most impressive winner of the Henry VIII, novice chase at Sandown last week. He looks an absolute machine over a jump. Mm. He jumped so well, and uh, he was so impressive last week. And the further he went, the better he went. And he's a short-priced favourite for the Arkle at Cheltenham, but he's just a joy to watch, really. So John Bond, again, ridden by Aidan Coleman. I think Aidan likes to ride these um, good horses over here in the in J.P. Manners' colours. And, of course, Edward Stone was another impressive winner Um of the Tingle Creek for Alan King. Uh, Shishkin looks as though he needs to go up in trip, uh, so he'll be going up in trip next time. The more of a Ryanair horse, the Queen Mother horse now. And uh, But Edward Stone was so impressive. And by Cave Tara, and the sad news has come through that Cave Tara is very influential style. A 28-year-old has finally passed away at Overbury Stud in Gloucestershire. Uh, he's been a huge influence on the racing world. Uh, jumping... He's, he's had an amazing influence. He's produced so many great horses, Cave Tara. Mm. By Sattler's Wells, beautifully bred horse. And um, Cave Tara sadly passed away, but he's certainly left his mark, and especially in Edward Stone, he looks like a real champion at the two-mile distance. I thought you might mention Edward Stone, having mentioned him last week. <laughs> yeah, well, gentlemen, to me, uh, disappointed. But to be fair, the first two in the betting weren't really great value. No. I didn't think so. Edward Stone and gentlemen, me... Gentleman to me with a two to back. Gentleman to me, still a bit disappointing. Ran okay the other day, but there's a good race in him. But Edward Stone was sensational. And uh, he's a lovely homebred by Cave Tara, like I said. And uh, he seems to be improving all the time. And, of course, won the Arkle last year. And he looks a real champion on that evidence of that win last Saturday. It's quite exciting, isn't it, when you've got horses like um, Constitution Hill and John Bond. And, uh, you know, there's some real you know, stunning horses who, whose ability seems to be endless. Well, absolutely. Well, of course, <laughs> Ireland were getting all the credit for winning all these races a couple of years ago, and they said, what are Britain doing about it, and what's the, what's the problem? Well, of course, it swings and roundabouts in this game. Mm. Um, it ebbs and flows, and N. Henderson, who I saw this week in great form, and there's no reason why he shouldn't be, because he's got some cracking horses. And mm. uh, in Constitution Hill and John Bond, He's got two sensationally good young horses, and uh, the Irish left us up some good horses to beat them. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, anything else at Cheltenham? No, I think it, it's uh, as ever with Cheltenham. It's a it's a tricky old race. Um, to p- place to pick a winner out. Mon Morale is a short price favourite. He's also avoided taking on John Bonnet um, 
uh, Sandland last week. Bomber yeah. out. Hopefully he'll run out them. And he looks like a horse that um, of, of the Nichols camp that is a decent chaser in the making. He's from a very good French family. He looked like a very good juvenile. And like a lot of horses, after his juvenile year, he didn't quite come up to be good enough to be a champion hurdle horse. But over a fence, I think he could be pretty special. So Montmorel looks like another interesting runner at Cheltenham. What about Doncaster? Anything up there? Well, of course, if it goes on there. But um, again, they've got the uh, a juvenile up there. They've got two juvenile races on the same day and a few have double declared. But they're both open races, so hard to pick out a winner from those. Yeah. Uh, script writer being a Milton Harris is being one of them as well. And, and of course, they've got um, Joseph O'Brien contender as well, running in the Simonier colours, so, uh, and Isaac Sway colours, so, they're, they're tricky races, and of course, if Cheltenham's off, they'll go to Doncaster if, if on, so, yeah, I think at yeah. the moment, it's hard to pick out a winner, because we just don't know what this frosty weather's going to do. No, no, absolutely. <clears throat> Looking to Christmas, um, any any early indications as to what you think might do the, the King George? Well, Brave Man's game has obviously uh, been heading for this race for some time now, and uh, Paul Nichols has every confidence in this horse being a real King George horse. He's not convinced he's a Cheltenham horse, but having won so well in the Charlie Hall at Weatherby and being underdone, if you like, he's very much trained this horse for King George. I think he's going to be a very hard horse to beat. He won on the course last year. He he really is um, an exciting chaser when, when on song. A brave man's game, I think it's going to take a lot of beating in the King George. Mm, OK, well, we can uh, have a look at that. I spec it's pretty short now anyway, though, isn't it? Yeah, but hopefully nearer the time we'll have an outsider or two, because an outsider or two does come in now and again, and a big price winner last year, so in Tornado Flyer. So yeah. it's not always plain sailing, and so it's depending on the ground as well, so yeah. it all depends on the ground. But uh, uh, I think Brave Man's game looks pretty, pretty good. Yeah, OK. All right then, Richard. Well, thank you very much for all of that. As, as we said, it's you know it's all in the lap of the gods now, really, with this blooming snow, um, frost, and and dodgy weather. But um, hopefully, it'll be okay, and we can all sit down and watch a bit of racing before we watch England. Absolutely, yeah. Let's hope both go well, as it were. But yeah, yeah. my prediction is that it'll be hotter for England than it will be at Cheltenham. <laughs> that, yeah, that's not a bad bet. Um, thank you very much <laughs> for that, sir. You're a star. And uh, we'll speak to you next week, if that's OK. Many thanks, Adrian. Cheers. And you, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks, Richard. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing to see how his everlasting quest for the lucky 15 is coming along. Well, good evening, Dave. Nice of you to join us again. Um, subject to the frost, have you got some winners for us at Cheltenham? Yeah, well, we've had the run of non-runners because the ground's been rock-solid and not soft enough. I think <laughs> it's going to be uh, rock-solid and frozen too much this weekend. Uh, I see pictures in a, a, a bit on the racing channel today about Cheltenham. They've literally got the whole course under covers at the moment. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they couldn't also do the middle middle course where they do the Glenfarcus cross-country races. Yeah. So, obviously, they've had to abandon that on Friday and I don't think there's one scheduled for Saturday anyway, so uh, it's just one of the unfortunate things, but literally the whole course is literally undercover up there, so they're expecting to be able to race. Uh, they just had to cancel the cross-country race, and that's the only thing that they've had to do up there. But, yeah, it's uh, going from too firm and too dry to going to be frozen solid and then once it's defrosted it's going to be uh, nice and soft for everyone so yeah. I can't see any excuses moving forward to after the next 10 days or so with the going so, uh, it's a fair old job of right. putting the covers on at Cheltenham I should think you know, yeah I'd imagine that's the best part of two miles to get covered up with uh, yeah. covers so uh, yeah. a hell of a job there and yeah. obviously we're They've had to put the covers over the fences as well, so the fences don't get frozen stiff. Mm. So uh, it's, uh, it was quite quite good to see it, and they've done a like one of them little things in the sky, did a little tour around the track, showing you the yeah. horses all under covers and everything else. So yeah, it was very good. I know what it's like because when really I was at Yeovil, you know, and we actually sometimes have to cover the pitch. That was a that was enough of a job just covering the pitch. Well, you imagine two miles, Jesus! I mean, that's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, but, it uh, is. Some going, so. Yeah, thankfully I'll we haven't got to do it, mate. 
No, that's it. I don't think I'd fancy that job. No, no, there you go. Not. Definitely not. Uh, anyway, looking forward to Saturday. We've got four selections of the lucky 15 this week. We're a couple mm-hmm. of quid in credit now after last week. Uh, we had a, a winner or two in the place or whatever we had. I can't remember what we had now, but we're, we're up in credit a little bit. So yeah. we're, we're trying to boost that up this week. So we're going to have a look at the first one that we're looking at is in the 115 on Saturday at Cheltenham. And that's third time lucky going to be written by Keelan Woods for Dan Skelton. Now, this time last year at this meeting, this fella won a Class 1 Grade 2 race, which is a lot higher standard than the handicap that he's in this time round. So, uh, it shows the uh, class of the horse, and uh, Dan Skelton's stable didn't, didn't fire off on all cylinders at the start of this year like they normally do. They've had a slow start to the season, and they're hoping the horses are last past Cheltenham and kick on to Aintree as well this year which is what's behind the, the slow skeleton start this year after I heard an interview with Dan uh, a couple of weeks back now this fella come out he had a run at Exeter in the Horden Gold Cup and got beat by Grenatine and then he had a run two weeks later at Ascot and I don't know really what, what he actually did in that race he sat at the back of the field and never broke into a sweat so uh I'm hoping that the horse is going to be tuned up, ready for this one, and it, it's a meeting that he's won out before, so uh, it looks, looks pretty good for him. And he's priced up at the moment around about six to one, so he's, he's going to be the opening leg in our lucky fifteen there. So that's first time lucky in the one fifteen. Okay, fine, thank you. Moving down to the one fifty race, a horse we tipped up at the last Cheltenham, uh, Il Ridotto, uh, Harry Cobden, and Paul Nichols. Uh, now this fella coming to the second last and last at Cheltenham in the, his previous run he had every chance of winning the race and he just ploughed through the last two fences he forgot to jump them and he still only got beat five lengths and uh, he was running on up the hill very very strongly as well so we're going to go with him and hope that he's going to remember to jump the last two fences this time and uh, he's priced up around about 9-2 to 5-1 to one sort of mark at the moment and Paul Nichols, Harry Cobden team are in flying form all over the show at the moment. Can't put them down or put them away out in any race at, at present. So uh, Il Rodoto is our second leg in the 150 there on Saturday. OK. Moving down to the 3 o'clock, the only short price one we got in the Lucky 15 this week, and it's called We've All Been Caught. Sam Twiston-Davis takes a ride for Nigel Twiston-Davis. Now, this horse has been screaming out to be put over three miles straight away, and it's very early in his career to be going up in this sort of distance. At the moment, his form, form book reads, he won a point-to-point. He followed up with a two-mile bumper win at Newbury, and then he came out in the Ballymore trial and finished third behind uh, Hermes Alain of Paul Nichols's. And he was running on like an absolute express train in that race where it, it was over a distance miles too short for him. So they've stepped him up to three miles and I think it would be an absolute marvellous sight to see this fella running in, in that sort of race. Uh, he cost an arm and a leg. I, I think he was about £260,000 when they purchased him from the point-to-point fields. And uh, he was very impressive in his bumper win at Newbury when he beat John Joe O'Neill's horse, uh, Factor's Item. So he's got some very good form and he looks to be an out-and-out stayer all day long. So the three o'clock race there, we've all been caught. He's priced up around about six to four, but I think that's very good value looking at the the standard of the opposition. So uh, he's our third leg. Okay, fine. Last leg of the lucky 15 is in 335 and it's Martello Sky. Aidan Coleman takes a ride for Lucy Wadham. Now, Martello Sky is normally ridden by Byrony Frost, but unfortunately she's got a broken collarbone at the moment, and she's due to have her first ride back just before Boxing Day time when she's going to be on Froden. So that's her target of when she's due to be returning to the saddle. So in the meantime, Aidan Coleman takes a ride. Now, Martello Sky's finished second twice this season already, once behind Molly Ollie Wishes, and then she comes second behind a good horse that I really like, Miranda. Uh, unfortunately, I've got a share in her as well, and she's going to be coming out at Ascot next week in the long walk hurdle, hopefully. So uh, we don't want no weather issues for that one, but she absolutely put Martello Sky in a place last time out. But there's no one of that sort of standard in this race, and Martello Sky is priced up around about 5-1 to one at the moment, and it'd be interesting to see how she goes with Aidan Coleman on the back. 
So uh, she's the last leg of our uh, lucky 15 this week, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, boost that kitty up a little bit more. Well, that would be nice, and uh, you know, provided the weather doesn't interfere with it, which is, you know, it's got to be a little bit iffy, isn't it, at the minute? But uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, it's just a shame because you've got the two meetings at uh, Cheltenham this week, Friday, Saturday, and then next week you've got Ascot doing the same thing, Friday, Saturday, two meetings, and as I say, Miranda's going to be coming out in the long walk hurdle uh, next weekend up at Ascot, and she'll be taking on the likes of Champ at Paisley Park, and after her run where she's absolutely destroyed Martello Sky and... Molly Holly wishes in a in a free horse race there. It, it looked very, very impressive, and I think she'll give the boys a good run for their money in that three mile over Ascot next week. So uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, if that goes ahead. It all depends on this weather and when that freeze actually stops and when we get back to some above above ground temperatures. Yeah. So, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, it's, it's a it's a good week. The next week racing at the moment planned, but we'll just have to wait and see for it. And obviously we've got Wincanton thrown in next uh, Thursday on the 13th, I think it is. So we'll be up there that one celebrating your birthday because that's uh, where we'll be going. Good. <laughs> we'll well, have a good jolly around if we've got some racing on. That's yeah. The we've got to do. Well, I'm sure you'll freeze yeah, your what's-its-off up there, so I'll be all right at Wincanton. I'm always yeah. saying Wincan has to be the coldest place in the whole of the United Kingdom, I think. Well, I think it is. It's very high up, very very open, very exposed, and it doesn't miss the elements, no. as they say. It's, uh, you come around from the back of the stands from where the paddock is, and you, you've just got a full frontal of it. Yeah. It's, it's exposed. So, yeah, it's uh, not good, is if it? If anyone is going to Wincan the next weekend, make sure you put an extra two jumpers on. Yeah, so, true, uh, true, true, true. Yeah. Okay then, Dave. Well, thanks for that, mate. Let's hope the old uh, lucky fifteen finally hits it this weekend and uh, get you some money for the injured jockeys fund. Yep, lovely. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. See you soon. Good Yep. Well, good evening, Colin. Um, before we go any further, I have an announcement yeah. to make, and oh. that is that Colin Brown, You're tipster right. extraordinaire had yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven winners last week. Yeah. Three to one, oh. 12 to one, nine to four, one to three, two to 11, six to four, and five to one. So that well, wasn't... It doesn't surprise me. It wasn't half bad, was it, really? Very good. Very, very good. If your listeners want my address to send on the cash, then <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll give we'll put that on at the end of the programme. Uh, you're dreaming again as usual. But there we go, never mind. Right, so Donk Donk Doncaster. Doncaster, Doncaster. we're gonna crack away. Don I am 12, supposed 20. to be at Doncaster the weekend if it's on. Um Anyhow, twelve twenty at Donny. Yeah. Um, there's a horse. There's a horse I really fancy here. Um, he's got good form. It's won about four or five races out of his thirteen starts. Yeah. And guess what it's called? Midnight Mary. Yay! <laughs> Hi Mary. Midnight Mary. Let's crack. She'll be down the back office without a cycle helmet on and gin and tonic on the table. Leave it. Yeah. The ashtray half full. And then down down the betting shop having a few yeah. bets on Midnight Mary. No, seriously, Mary, I think Midnight Mary can win. Trained, trained by um, uh, Mrs. Wadham. It was trained by Stuart Evans. It's got some pretty good form. Third Bobby the Tassler stages the last time. But it was a nice winner at Fakenham and at Doncaster. And that's what I like to see. It is £10 higher, but I think it's good enough. Daryl Jacob, a good jockey booking. Midnight Mary... Raise your glasses to Mary, and here we go for the first, or the second show, I said, Doncaster, the 12.20. Some good old racing on Saturday, but um, Eddie, the, uh, the, the weather could play a big part in mm. scuppering a few of these meetings, couldn't it? It could do, so we've got to keep our fingers crossed. Yes. Right, so where are we going now, then, the 12.55? We are going to the 12.55. I've got the winner of that. And um, there used to be a song years ago. It's a lovely song. 
la 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 no I don't don't call us we'll ring you let's have the horse not the blooming singing singing come on I mean dear oh dear come on it's called jet plane didn't you recognize it I'm leaving on a jet plane don't know when I'll be back again anyhow Anyway, so don't bother to ring us, all right? We'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, it's um, it's won two of its eleven races. It's not a bad horse. It's trained by, trained by Skelton, owned by a guy called Norman uh, Lake and Susan Carlsberg, and um, they have some quite decent horses in training. And I think this will win. Okay. Five Doncaster. Right. Right. Now, now where? Right. At Doncaster. Mm. Because you have a mate called Milton Harris. Uh, well, yeah, I wouldn't exactly call him a mate, but I do know Milton and I have spoken to Milton uh, a few uh, times. And he runs a horse called Scriptwriter, who was not a bad uh, horse on the flat with Aidan O'Brien. Mm. And uh, he's won his last two at Cheltenham and Sedgefield. Um, he looked useful. But Aidan O'Brien's got a runner in the race, actually, called Nusret, who was a winner at Punchestown by Stick Lentz and Darrell Jacob. And he was like a, well, flat horse-wise, he was about a 89-rated flat horse, where Scriptwriter, strictly, was a 102-rated flat racer. So I think scriptwriter, albeit, you know, well done to JP for bringing over his horse, JP O'Brien for bringing his horse over nurse rep. I think scriptwriter will win the uh, the summit juvenile hurdle at Doncaster Just on Saturday. Just one note of caution. Uh, first of all, yeah. Milton Harris has got two runners in this race. There's another one called Poly, yeah. Polyphonic, I think it is. Yeah, and, and secondly, I think you'll find that scriptwriter is doubly booked in another race as well. So presumably, uh, yeah, well, he's going to go to one or or the other, but not both. He's in the trial trial at Cheltenham at twelve oh oh five because um, you know with, with the weather we're getting, you just don't know where he's going to go. But yeah. if he goes to, to Doncaster, I think he'll win there. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Move on. Move on. Move on. Move on. As you say. Let's go to my favourite track, Newcastle. And Newcastle, um, we've got a bit of flat racing there. I like flat racing. And Haggis runs a horse in the 144. It's called Alhambra Place. Um, it was quite well beaten in Uber on its only start for him, but quite nicely bred out of a winning mare. Wouldn't be the biggest surprise if that went and won there. What's called Alhambra Place in the 144 at Newcastle. Why are you, man? Why are you, Pet? Why are you? Why are you, Pet? Why are you, Pet? From the northeast, man. Yeah. Now, I love those. I love those boys and girls up there. They're such lovely, lovely people. They really are. Yeah. Come on, then, Pet. No, I've never been there. Okay. Yes, I have. No, I tell a lie. I've been to Newcastle, but not to the racetrack. Been to Newcastle. Right. Okay. You yeah. need to get around a bit here, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. That's my selection there. Let's crack away now to. Whew, Charlton. I mean, Cheltenham, actually. You know, maybe your listeners have sort of thought Christ Cheltenham could be whatever, but, you know, I think they they got the covers down. And John Pullen Clark, of course, Pullen Clark, of course. Um, yeah, I think they're pretty hopeful there, unless uh, yeah. you know, the cross-country race might not run or might be, in fact, I'm not sure. In fact, I think it's already gone, <laughs> but um, because they couldn't cover that track. But the JCB Triumph Hurdle Trial at 1205 is a race that I won years ago on a horse called Gofar. Do you remember him? Hang on a minute. I don't know if I'm on the right. Uh, just bear with me a minute. Where are we? This is race card. December, that's right. Cheltenham. 1205 ah, Cheltenham. Now I've got it. December. Now I've got it. Right, yeah. What are you saying? Okay. Yeah, I did. I, I won this race a few years ago on the horse called Gopher. 
Sorry, what was that? I won this race at Cheltenham on a horse called Boofer. Did you now? Well, there's a thing. A long time ago. Mm. And you need some of the stays because Gopher went on to win a Hennessy at Newbury. Anyhow, in this race, we've got scriptwriter, the church or lad. We've got Nishere. They're all horses that are entered for the Summit Hurdle up at Doncaster. And I think probably if the Summit Hurdle's on, uh, then maybe Milton Harris will run his horse up there. But um, this is a very good race, like you said earlier on. He's got two runners in the race, Cabracan and uh, Scrip Reuter. If Scrip Reuter goes to Doncaster, I'm, go I'm going to go for a horse called Pissuers Way that won a Leicester the other day by 20 lengths and was second as Scrip Reuter um, here at um, Cheltenham. And that was a very good run, Gary Moore's number seven in the 12.05 at Cheltenham. Okay. <clears throat> Novice Chase at 12.40. There's three runners in that. And the favourite, Mon Merrill, should probably win. But it's like two to seven favourite. Um, as we move to the 1.15 there, John. And uh, again, really, really competitive race. Uh, Paul Nichols horse is great form. Um, and I think probably uh, Dos could win. He's been the bridesmaid a few times, but Compton rides him. Um, in his handicap for uh, the champion trainer. And Dollars, I think, can win the 115 at Cheltenham. I'm going to go against you there. I think the Widowmaker will win that. OK. What is it? Well, Joe fancies him a little bit, I think, on the quiet. So, uh, there you go. OK. Good. No problem. Yeah. We can go for it. That's right. We'll, we'll take each other on. Um, the big one there is the December Gold Cup, a race that I won years ago, uh, also there. Uh, it used to be called the Massey Ferguson or the Mackerson or something. Something that used to drink up. But, um, anyhow, what wins it this year? Uh, behind Gar Law the other day at Charlton's was called Stolen Silver. And he was going very nicely and unseated. Right, Well, he got hampered and unseated, right? And I think he around about six to one could go close to the 150 at Cheltenham Saturday right next race. Right, yeah. The Unibet International Hurdle is another race that I've won a couple of times. Once on a called Floyd, maybe on Floyd twice actually. And Epitaph runs at the race, the mayor she gets an allowance. But do you know I think Napa's Hill is a proper horse and I think that Napa's Hill can win here. Um, I think he's, you know, I've watched him. They've always thought a lot of them. I've watched him quite carefully uh, over the months and uh, years, a couple of years. And I think he's a really, really good horse. So Napa's Hill for me to win that uh, 225. And I'm just going to have a quick peep at the Mayor's Hurdle, the last race on the card. And... Uh, Harry Fry runs a horse here called Lady Adair, and she is pretty good. And I think she will probably win uh, the final race on the card for the uh, stable in form. And that's Harry Fry, Lady Adair, 335 at Cheltenham. All right. Well, what can I say? Other than thank you very you much. How many winners did I have last week? Seven, was it? Seven, yeah. Seven. Staggering, isn't it? What do you think about that, Mary? Staggering, I think it is. Seven winners. I bet she... Actually, I haven't heard from Mary for a week or two. I think she's probably scooped up and gone to the Maldives. Mm. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? That Taking would be a nice. Bike, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and a gin and an ashtray. Portugal for yeah. the World Cup, mate. Yeah. Portugal for the World Cup. Who are your yeah, boots? But what about England? What about England? No, Portugal. Portugal. Yeah, but you live down yeah, in yeah, but Yeah, you but nothing. No. Hey, hey. No, you're not an Englishman, are you? Of course, you're a Welshman. Yeah. No, what? you're a Welshman. So that's like sour grapes, that is. <laughs> Portugal. Just 
just because you've been there once, I suppose, and had a little Portuguese wine or whatever it might, a sangria or something. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you go, you go off England because you live in England, but you're Welsh. Yeah. And then you got tip up Portugal. It's typical, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely typical. I mean, who do you get in touch with? I'll tell you who. Nina the Terrier. <laughs> anyway, there we go. Okay. Thank you. Take Mr. care, listen. Yeah. Have a great weekend. And uh, make sure you sing properly. I don't want to hear any reports coming out that you weren't singing the words properly. No, I'll be OK. I'm going to the carol service. Yeah. Uh, have you taken Sid with you or not? No, Sid's not coming. He's not mad on carols yet. Mm, OK. Fair enough, then. Right, well, thank you for that. I will um, speak to you next week. OK, take care. Bye, listeners. Have a great weekend. That's just typical Colin Brown, isn't it? He gets seven winners and he's as chirpy as a little budgerigar. Anyway, thank you, Colin. Seven winners wasn't bad. I know two of them were odds on, but that's not bad going for you. Let's hope you do it this week as well. Anyway, it brings to an end this edition of The Racing Show. So thank you very much indeed for joining. Join us again next week, same time, same station, when hopefully we'll have a load more tips for you. Until then, this is A.D. Hopper saying thank you for listening and goodbye for now.